0: Well, we've had to change things around a little bit this week. Obviously, policy address yesterday. So today, we're going to say hi to Chris Watts in just a second. If you'd like to join in, love to see you on our Facebook live feed where Chris is right now. How are you today?
1: I'm good, very good, thank you. And hi to Bob in Lobster Bay. Thank he- you for listening in. Good <laughs> day, Bob.
0: Bob the Lob. Right. So, uh, yes. pain actually really wants to talk about pain today, don't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we never advertise the fact that we treat uh, do pain management here because it's, uh, it's, we don't want to step on the toes of the physios, right, with secondary healthcare, But actually about 60% of the people come in here with either niggly pains or kind of sharp pains or referred pains. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff about pain uh, management now that's got nothing to do with medication and has a lot to do with what they call the placebo effect. I was just reading an incredibly interesting article from the Radcliffe Hospital Post where I come from in uh, Oxford yeah. uh, Irene Tracy she is the leading uh, pain management researcher specialist at Morton College she's uh, she's one of the professors there and she basically has said most of the medication that's been designed to treat pain doesn't work on 80% between 75 and 85% of the patients mm. so uh, what they found is The placebo effect works on 59%. Irritable bowel syndrome, that's something a lot of people have, where they have really crampy uh, abdominal areas, and they they give them these sugar pills, and they tell them in advance, we're going to give you a sugar pill. And 59% of those people taking it get really good results in pain management. It's kind of perceived pain relief.
0: Yeah, so a lot of the people that, it's interesting, say so you don't advertise this, that and the other, but I would assume, so Chris does motion dynamics, he does a lot of movement and bending and stretching, there are certain kinds of pain, a lot of kinds of pain, where I would immediately yeah. think, well, you'd be the person to have a look at it, rather than me taking a pill.
1: Yeah, and and a lot of that has to do, there's these little tiny receptors in the superficial muscle, but they also go right down to the vital organs as well. They're in the joints, they're in the fascia, and basically they get entangled. So we get a lot of this kind of entanglement of the connective tissue. Connective tissue is made up of collagen, which is a kind of a thick, fibrous substance protein. That basically, if you don't keep it nice and pliable, they dry out. And if yeah. you had an injury or if you had a surgery where they cut through and the scar tissue, that uh, the uh, communication gosh. through those tissues becomes less and less. You get a lot of drying up, but more importantly, you get no sliding and gliding, which is what all these tissues do against each other. And uh, and then it becomes kind of entangled around a nerve ending and these nociceptors, they're called. These are means uh, harm or hurtful, Latin word, and these receptors kind of communicate with the central nervous systems to the brain, and the brain determines that as pain. It's, the pain is never at the sight. It's always in the brain perception, and some people just don't feel it, and other people feel it very, uh, very much, and uh, it's kind of interesting how it works, and how you can actually help relieve people by doing certain kind of things that we do, so movements or non-movements, as it were, that really help help a lot you know?
0: well the news just in is that uh, i've got a message here from bob who says hi chris yeah. from lobster bay
1: <laughs> <laughs> i knew he was there on his boat <laughs> yeah I
0: really hate
1: stuff. <laughs> anyway yes yeah. Yeah, so if, if, yeah. if you
0: want to ask chris any questions get on to our morning brew facebook page the feed is live yeah. so he wants to talk about feign, uh, feigning pain hey feigning pain yeah actually that's yeah, interesting exactly. but you're talking about our brain feigning pain I think yeah and, and what's very
1: interesting that the brain actually has no pain receptors like the liver doesn't have pain receptors so it's referred out to uh, there's a piece of connective tissue around the brain called the dura and then the pia mater and the dura mater, And those connective tissues are highly sensory. And yeah. that's where most people experience migraines and, and headaches or head pains, as they like to call them now. And the referred pain coming out of that particular area that you may be perceiving to feel it. So pain actually is a joker and it never really tells the truth. We always say don't chase the pain because it's kind of perceived. seed. And it may not be exactly from that point. You might be referred from somewhere else. And that's what happens most of the time. I was fascinated,
0: kind to, of find interesting. I was fascinated to find out that the itch is not quite so distantly related. I know we've mentioned this before, but it's another indicator. Yeah. <clears throat> can you join the two together? Yeah,
1: you've got. Yes, you can, because uh, you've got peripheral nerves. And if you just very lightly touch your arm, you'll have a kind of sensation a light sensation. Those are peripheral nerves. They're the sensory nerves that we can... Then you have the deep nerves, which when you push really deeply in here, you can mm. feel a different kind of sensation. There are actually 75 different words, and probably more now. There was a scale back in the 70s called the McGill scale, where they had 75 different words, and you had to describe your pain. And they reckoned that because pain is so different between different peoples, uh, they couldn't actually, even with those 75 words, they couldn't actually get people to um, rely on that as a, as a reliable source and indicator of pain. So they came up with another pain scale, the 1 to 10, and that's what people traditionally use today. But pain is very different amongst different people from uh, females to males as well. So, uh,
0: so people's pain tolerance is different.
1: Absolutely, and some people can have a bruise here and not feel it and other people can have a bruise and they can feel it referring everywhere up into the neck and into the, everywhere. So it's kind of uh, uh, different for everyone. Some people do not even have any irritation on the, sh- on the, the tissue as well, but they can have pain then. they don't know where it's coming from. Like a phantom pain, Yeah, uh, it's just like perceived. And sometimes it's brought on by stress, worry, anxiety. You know, the sort of things that people have been experiencing the last uh, few months here in Hong Kong. There's a lot of anxiety about, you know, job losses and that kind of thing, financial stuff. And that can actually make pain even more acute. You can even work into things like viral loads as well. So the the people having um, excessive amount of pollution, but also stress, um, they get these COVID attacks much worse than, than we would do if we were nice and balanced. It's kind
0: of interesting. Do you see many people who are plainly stressed, Because of the things you've just mentioned. And pain is the physical manifestation of stress, or or, or not, is it?
1: Or the other way around. It could be both, right? So I think sometimes uh, people let pain become comfortable in their bodies and they get used to it. Uh, I had a policeman in here uh, once who was on the plod. Six years he had a pain in his heel and it kept, every time he walked, the pain shot up to his knee and back down again. He kind of got used to it. And I said, you shouldn't get used to pain because it creates a lot of um, other inflammatory chemicals and inflammatory yeah. responses that can affect internal organs like kidneys, and he did have a kidney problem. Who knows if that wasn't related to that, or a liver, fatty liver, that kind of thing. So we had to, we got a kind of a, a targeted device and actually smashed down the bone spur that was actually causing the, the irritation on the nerve. Did it work? We never felt it again. And oh. it, it actually worked, and I've never done that before. I just thought, well, let's just try this. I was on there for 30 minutes, just jackhammering on this particular spur, and it just went. Uh, I I never saw the guy again, and I saw him bumped into into him in Lama, and I said, how's your foot? And he said, never felt it again. You you must have broken it down.
0: Was he proceeding in a northerly direction?
1: (laughs) He probably (laughs) was.
0: Hello, Mahesh. Welcome back. Hi, Chris. Good afternoon. How does one address pain starting from halfway back of the neck way up until the lower part of the head?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a ligament at the back of the neck called the neutral ligament it's basically what keeps our head upright and a lot of muscles attach into that ligament and the ligament supports the upright position of the head so ligaments are highly sensory some people don't realize that you've got lots of these nociceptors which are kind of um triggered off by heat uh excessive heat by chemist chemicals uh, and also by stress of course as well so That area has a lot to do with how you position yourself, how you position your head against the shoulders and against gravity, etc. So a lot of times it's a strain. You get muscle strains, you get muscle strains. And and that can be kind of uh, irritating to the nerves and therefore it passes into the brain as something's wrong.
0: So how does he address the pain? Hello, pain.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, there's two ways that I work. And in fact, if somebody has, like we had somebody in last night that had very bad chronic pain. In fact, he couldn't move his neck for 20 minutes. So Mm. I just let him sit down on the bed and just calm down, put his feet up, put his neck up. And after 20 minutes, things started to shift and things started to move again. You have to put somebody into a position of the greatest comfort. So instead of stretching it and moving it, I put him into a position where everything just shortened and relaxed. So his whole central nervous system just kind of went, uh, like this. And then he could start moving without that guarding uh, of the, uh, the movement guarding, which is what happens when you have a nerve that's kind of pinched or yeah. compressed or entangled. So it was kind of nice way to start, and then we were able to do some of the movement stuff. It was very gentle, but we got him almost to full range at the end. What, what
0: about those devices? I really can't remember what it's called. The thing that you yeah. put one at the, b- the bottom of your back, Traction. and you put something under your neck, you put something under the yeah. arch of your back. I, that
1: Yeah, deal. Uh, I, oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, they're kind of... Uh, they kind of mimic the natural curves in the neck and some people actually do have what we call a a, a military neck where the neck has lost its curve either because the head's too far forward or because um of of some accident they may have had but you should always have a nice little gentle curve in four parts of the spine and it absorbs shocks if you don't have that it's like a jarring effect every time you walk and that jarring goes into the joints it goes into the nerves it goes into the veins and arteries all that kind of stuff and it very painful after a while Hmm. and your ligaments that bind the joints together they become irritated which is why i do a lot of strength work these days or i don't call it strength i call it stability work get the muscles working the more you activate muscles the more blood shunting therefore the more alkalinity you bring into those areas that are irritated so it's kind of You've got to be uh, gentle about pain to begin with, and then you can be a little bit more, let's say, proactive later on with the movements.
0: You know, a lot of people like going for massages here, and let's make no mistake, some of that can be really uncomfortable. So bearing in mind you said to me earlier on that people have different tolerances to pain, what would you say in your studio would be the most full-on thing that you do that could, if done incorrectly, be a nightmare? Yeah
1: well i am I, I tell you what the real test of a good manual therapist somebody who works with a hand and does a lot of like uh, manipulation of the soft tissue is the neck. The neck is the most complicated. If you want to test somebody out, how good they are at their massage stuff, you have to work with the neck area because it's very delicate. You've got the carotid arteries and you've seen these techniques where they just literally just with a very small force, just touch these carotid arteries and people faint. So you have to be very careful about touching nerves, the brachial plexus nerve, which goes all the way down into the fingers. A lot of people have got irritation um, either through their chest being too short from doing too much exercise or from the head forward position you get all these nerve irritations and you have to start by very gently manoeuvring and manipulating and then aligning with the stability work uh, the head again so you've got to find ways to release tension and that's really the tricky part you go too hard, too quickly, too deep you can hurt someone
0: back to the neck thing, interesting here he says, would moving the head up and down or some such help? you're talking about being stationary he's saying moving that's quite an interesting question
1: Yeah, I think if you do any kind of traction, because traction creates space. And I think what I like to think of and talk about stretching is actually, you're you're trying to create a gap or a space between the joints. So the joints can move independently more freely. So you've got the rotation, flexion, extension, lateral flexion, all that needs space. When you've got a compacted neck, um, you got really joints far too close together and they kind of grind against a lot of friction. So having a little bit of traction, uh, at the back and lifting at the back, and it makes a huge difference, and then it makes the movement easier, I think.
0: All right, then, let's have another one. Hello to Soda. Hi, Chris. Yeah. I've started to get a burning ah, sensation on my left thigh, but not my right thigh, made worse by thigh stretches, for instance, yoga.
1: Okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> Any time of irritation, this is another word to describe discomfort, irritation, stabbing, pain, sharp pain, whatever it might be. There's millions, there's 75 different words to describe the kind of thing you're going through. Uh, But I I, I would say this, that you've got to be very careful not to hold uh, in an extended position. That's in an over lengthened position for, uh, for more than a couple of seconds. Because what happens is there's a reflex mechanism that says, and it's part of the nervous system. It says, you've gone too far. And now I'm going to counteract it by contracting the muscle against the stretch. So what you've got is a force counterforce or a tug of war happening within the tissue. And you can potentially micro tear, not just the muscle that you're trying to stretch, but the tendons that attach the muscle to the bone. And I've seen that with a, with a customer the other week. did the same kind of thing mm. and slightly four, and it takes six weeks to repair it. So be careful with that. uh, I would relax it for there's many ways to relax that area and then slowly strengthen. it. A lot of it has to do with poor alignment in the first place.
0: Well if Soda does yoga light for a bit rather than stopping.
1: Yeah yeah and I think just doing it dynamically rather than statically you see the problem with a lot of these long hold static movements it's not very functional there's no exercise that I can think of or no sport that I can think of where you're preparing yourself the physical activity where you would require to do a static exercise. Yeah. So it's kind of an oxymoron to be doing static stretching when you need active, dynamic movement for that particular, whatever it is that you're trying to do tennis, golf, badminton.
0: Mm. So I'm a
1: big fan of the movement thing. Yeah, I, sorry.
0: I, I mean, it's very obvious. I just want to do the housekeeping bit here, really. I mean, obviously, people are saying, yeah. I've got this, that, and the other. He can only tell you what he thinks it is, and I'm sure you realize that. But it's a yes, start.
1: That's right. It, it's a good start. I mean, I'll tell you what happened with a customer the other day because I think it's quite in- interesting yeah, yeah. how, because I've never, I've never seen it before, and I'm sure some of the cu- uh, audience has never seen it before. He was actually playing cricket, my sport, and he was doing a hook, right? And, and he was going through the full what gamut of. Are hook, you a left handed batsman? Opposite. I'm a left handed batsman. I can
0: tell, he's so, demoing um, there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right handed bowler, left handed batsman. So, anyway, so his, his left, because he's left handed batsman as well, his left uh, thigh, actually tore the muscle, that is the quadricep muscle, very similar to the lady just, just spoke just now, it tore and it ripped the bone off the actual femur. So just to let you know, he was only 19 at the time when it happened, hmm. but it was so strong and his, his quads were so tight, that's the reason why, and of course he hadn't finished growing yet. He finished, the bone stop growing at the age of 21 when the end plates finally seal and you can't grow anymore. But his literally, his, he tore his muscle and he tore the bone off the uh, uh, out as well. So that's kind of kind of an extreme situation. collapsed on the floor, and, and obviously had to have it repaired. But you know, this is how you, you have to be well prepared for your activity most people back in the day did not prepare themselves very well which is why i started doing what i'm doing in hong kong because this wasn't a done thing active dynamic work was not being done as a preparation
0: all right we've got a couple more minutes left to join us it's even worth yeah. it you see what some other people have written and stuff dead curious we were yeah. talking about pressure pres- uh, sorry stress presenting as pain just now yes i think it's no secret that 2020 has been a bit of an ennis horribilis so would you say you've seen people this year with uh, with ailments if you like that you have not seen before because of a b and c i
1: would have to say yes because i mean there's been so many people coming in with uh, neuropathies which is like neurological impressions where they can barely feel their fingers and they can barely feel their shoulders it's happening a lot some of it happens in the gym but i also like to think That the A-type personalities that do those gym workouts are also having an enormous amount. They're in the financial world. They're in the legal world. And there's a lot of stress at this moment of time, certainly playing uh, catch-up post-lockdown. And I know there's a lot of people who had to do so much work uh, to get back into it. And not being able to stop thinking about work and getting into a kind of relaxation is uh, what you're supposed to do at night when you're asleep. But also a certain part of your training should be relaxation. If you look at Tom Brady, 50% of his workouts are actually uh, recovery workouts, which means doing things not training uh, uh, and, and things like saunas and all that kind of stuff, massages, really useful to do that. Yeah. Otherwise, you stress your body out and you can get super tight. And therefore, you get uh, a drink, too much adrenaline, too much cortisol. And that kind of works on your brain. And it has to go works somewhere, doesn't it? has to go somewhere, and the poor old liver, which I said, has no neural feedback. That has to do a lot of the work in cleansing. This is probably why you see a lot of fatty livers here in Hong Kong, even Mm. though people don't, don't drink that much or whatever. It's just the fact that they're doing far too much work to process the stress and to process all the cortisol that people are producing from the overworking. I think yeah. we're
0: going to leave it there, Chris. Really, really yeah. cool today. Enjoyed okay. that. Very, very interesting yeah. indeed. Uh, and thanks for joining us on a Thursday. He'll be back next week at the same time. That is Chris Watts live from his studio in Central.